calling this uh, an emergency therapy pod. Uh, this is definitely our record fastest time we've jumped in uh, to, to get out a podcast. Uh, and I think it's just because I feel that we and our listenership, however tens of people that is, um, need a little bit of a little bit, little, little therapeutic, um, cathartic maybe, session to, to get out all the feels. In the Bengals game. Uh, did you take a sad nap after the game? Uh, I did not. Okay. Um, I was too sad for a sad nap. Oh, just to tell you, it was pretty deep. Kind of where I'm at right now. I yeah, I took a sad workout, which is like the opposite that of a sad nap. Better. I took out all my anger against Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase and the refs on the weights. I guess that's good. Yeah. Um, no, I, I said last week that if we lost the Bengals, and a little bit of me would die inside, and that I would be crushed. Yeah. And that's where I am. I'm I'm feeling pretty dead inside. That's where and we are. I don't I don't know where to go from here. So the Chiefs lost tonight to the Bengals, twenty-seven to twenty-four. Um, and I think like in our podcast previewing this, I basically said if if we lose to the Bengals, and the narrative is going to be the Chiefs can't beat the Bengals. Yeah, they're I mean, going to they're they're be the team we just can't get past. That was the most predictable narrative that would be coming out of this, and that's where we are now. Yeah, and I think we haven't been in this situation really since the probably the Patriots. The Patriots. You have to go back, all the way back to 2018. Yeah, I think. Yeah, 2018. So it's been like four years since we've been in a, a spot like this. And what's kind of funny? Sorry, is is that? With the Patriots, it's like, okay, yes, respect game. I understand the Patriots and Tom Brady are really good. Have been for a long time. But the Bengals, I don't feel that way. I feel like it's just straight bullcrap. And and the fact that, grudgingly, they're a pretty talented and physical team. Okay, can I just tell you where I'm at? Yeah, yes. Speak, uh, tell us what's on your heart right now. I will absolutely die on the hill if the 2021 Bengals were an okay team that got. Kind of hot and mostly fluky, mm-hmm. and that's how they got to the Super Bowl. Yeah. But they had no business being there. Yeah. Um, I will never be proven right on that because that time has just passed us by. Whatever. I'm not. I'm going to have to take the loss on that. Not that I like admit that I was wrong, but I, like I admit I will never be proven right on that. Yeah. I don't feel the same way about the 2022 Bengals anymore. I don't. I don't feel like they're the same team as they were last year. Don't think they're reliant on the big play as they were. Mm-hmm. So most of my criticisms of them from last year have basically expired, and I just I don't I don't feel the same way about this year's Bengals team as I did last year. So you I mean, still dislike them as much. Yeah, that's not ceased. Uh, if anything, it's more so. But I I mean, how could you watch this game? I for the two games from last year, I I came away from both those games feeling like the Chiefs were the better team. We just Played poorly, got unlucky, yeah. bad calls. I didn't feel that way at all in this game. I felt like I watched that game 
I don't know how you could say that the Chiefs were a better team after that. Yeah. So you think the Bengals are better this year than last year? I think they played better on Sunday. Yes. That's probably true. I'm, I'm not going to go so far to say that they're like better than the Chiefs overall. Yeah. Um, I will say they definitely present some. I think they present some bad matchups for us mm-hmm. uh, in a number of different ways. So I don't. I'm not going to say they're a better team. I think that would be too reactionary. Um, but yeah, I mean, they, they played better on Sunday. There's no other way to say it. So when it's a 27-24 loss, that to me, that's not like it was clearly one side of the ball. That's a team loss, right? That's well, not, neither, neither unit did quite enough to win. When you factor in that the defense faced eight, you know, real drives in the game, mm-hmm. which is a very small amount, and the offense really got seven real drives, which is a very small amount. That changes the way you view those numbers. Yeah. Um, so to me, this was, you know, based on just those numbers, that looks like a pretty normal game. This was a worse performance than from the defense and those numbers would indicate, and it was a better performance from the offense than those numbers would indicate. Yeah. Um, for the offensive side of the ball, I think, I think this is a very different game if Kelsey doesn't fumble on that drive. Um, and I don't really blame Kelsey because it was it was a kind of a fluky last minute. He was fighting for yards, and as he was going to the ground, the ball was stripped. So it wasn't like he wasn't protecting the ball or he was being stupid with it. Well, this it's not something that we've seen from Kelsey. It's not like an ongoing issue that he has. Yeah. I will say 90% of the time, whenever you get wrapped up, just go down. Oh, yeah. Just go down. I, I say that so often. And I'm shocked the refs didn't blow the whistle on that play, too. Yeah. But they didn't. I think he. I think that kind of was part of the reason was, like, his internal clock said, okay, this play should be over now. My forward progress has stopped. Um, it had been, like, a while that he was just, like, held there, and then finally he got ripped. The ball got ripped out. Yeah. But, man, when that play happened, they completely changed the game. It did. That was the turning point of the game where, like, leading up to that play, uh, you know, obviously we started off very poorly, and we'll talk about that more. Um, but up to that point, we were up 24 to 17, I believe, at that point. Or no, excuse me, 24 20, I think. Like, we were just up four points. And at that stage, it looked like we could go kick another field goal, go up a touchdown, or get another touchdown, go up two scores, and, you know, get that game close to being done. And we're at midfield, and then, that play happens, we fumble the ball, and from there out, everything just went horribly wrong. Mm-hmm. So, to me, like, that fumble at that stage of the game just killed us. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a very different... We're thinking differently about the offense, talking differently about the game if that fumble doesn't happen, and if something else happens on that drive rather than giving the Bengals the ball at midfield. Um, I will say, I think we are missing badly. We're missing Joe Tooney at the, at the left guard spot. I think we are seeing Wiley get exposed a little bit at the right tackle spot. I feel like there were some there were some pretty obvious times that Wiley just got run okay. around. Both flatly. both tackles were struggling today. Uh, I mean, I think Orlando Brown was struggling as much as Wiley was. Um, he got roasted on the. Can we take a thirty second detour here and ask if you want to re-sign Orlando Brown to a top ten tackle deal in the offseason? I don't. I don't think we even need that long. No. I mean, the answer's obvious. He, Do you think he'll push for a top 10 tackle? I think he will. I think that's the problem is that he, what he is going to want and what we are going to pay him are pretty far apart. So, I don't know. It, it's, 
we're not really at the point of the year, obviously, where we want to talk Rockstar's construction, but I think his, I don't think he's going to be here long term. I think it, we're getting to the point now where it's like, there are players I know I want to be back, and there are players I do not want to be back next year. Yeah. Anyhow, we'll get to that a little bit later. Uh, I think our offensive line, though, did not have a great day at the office. Um, Can I say, though, I didn't, I didn't see many points. Um, Nick Allegretti, he's the one that came in for Tooney. Mm-hmm. I don't remember many plays where I like, oh man, he messed up the block there. I thought I saw one or two, and okay, maybe, maybe that's just me. Um, Pacheco had a good day on the ground. Yeah. He had some nice runs. Uh, McKinnon had some really nice runs. He did. He really did. Uh, Juju had some, some clutch plays. Kelsey was a little bit quiet, and his day's going to be defined by the fumble, for that's, forever that's worth. Uh, MVS was his frustrating inconsistent self, where he dropped like a touchdown, but also like his whole career wrapped up into one game. Yeah. Just like some head scratching, annoying plays, but then also some pretty great ones. I feel like MVS was our rebound from Tyreek. And he will probably not be back next year. Yeah, I think. I mean, MVS is he is who we thought he is. Yeah, he is going to be annoyingly consistent. He's going to have a big week or two or three throughout the year, but then he's going to vanish for long stretches. Um, that's who he was in Green Bay. That's who he is now. No, so, I'll give him credit. Be surprised. I'll give him credit. He was a net positive for the day. Yeah, I think I so too. He had some some really clutch. Downfield pass catches. Some excellent throws by Mahomes, too. Yes. Yeah. Those. Um, so we're kind of just spinning around here, but if you had to pinpoint one thing where, like, what went wrong in this game, aside from the fumble, obviously, mm-hmm. what aspect of the game was the most concerning to you? Uh, I thought the pass rush was pathetic. That's, that's exactly yeah. where I was going to go. We didn't yeah, talk about just, that. Just, it, did, it didn't matter if we sent three guys or six guys. No one was getting home. No one. It feels like we keep flipping back and forth in the pass rush this year. Because yeah. it felt like going into the season, we're like, this is going to be a problem. Yep. And then, you know, we talked about on the last podcast, kind of felt like they're rounding into form and kind of getting things going. I think that's because we were playing the Rams. And then today happens, and oh my goodness, it looked so bad. Yeah. Uh, it felt like even just like a pressure, like making him move, making Jerbo move, felt like that was very hard to come by. And sacks were, correct me if I'm wrong, completely non-existent. Did we get a single sack? I don't think so. Because it felt like every time we got close to him, he would eat, oh, Joe Burrow, okay, I he's a, he's a maddening player to play against, okay? Yeah. I, I, I respect his game, but also he's frustrating for your team to play. Yeah. Because he does make the under-pressure throws. He does have kind of a cool head under pressure. And he's got that kind of that a little bit of Tom Brady eyes in the back of his head, this capability. And he can run a little bit. Yeah. And he ran... Actually, he, he got some first downs, some some long runs from being flush out of the pocket. I think the Tom Brady comparison is very apt there because he does just navigate the pocket better than almost any QB in the league. Um, very annoying to, to play against. But he didn't have to navigate the pocket that much today. That's what's so annoying. Is like There were so many plays where he was just completely untouched and just could stand on his spot. I've got, I've got a string of takes to get off about the pass rush. Fire can away. I, can I go ahead and fire away and get these off? We're just, we're, well, we're laying it all out there tonight. Okay? Um, number one, if Frank Clark played for free, I would not want him to play for the Chiefs. That's where I'm at, okay? I'm tired of that guy. I think he's playing sick tonight. I don't care. He's always playing sick. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's, it's always something, that guy. Um, he's, he's, he's the Matt Castle of pass rushers, okay? What I mean by that is you look at him and you're like, oh, look, he almost did something good. Yeah. But he didn't. 
there were so many times that he just like hit, you know, I'm talking about the, the Frank Clark Express, which is going to run five yards around the quarterback, but never actually get the quarterback, unless the quarterback wanders into the tracks of Frank Clark Express. Mm-hmm. That was what we saw tonight. Um, okay, other take, two. Um, I'm starting to worry about Carl Aftis. I am. I don't, I don't see the impact. We're halfway through the season. And, you know, I understand he's a rookie. It might take some time. But I feel like he's got to add a little bit of spice to his game, a little bit of, a little bit of hand fighting, a little bit of movement, something, something to get a little more finesse move and not just, you know, bull rush the tackle until the play is gone. What concerns me, I, all those, all those arguments are valid about him being a rookie and whatnot. Um, but what concerns me is if he was, if he was a guy that was going to be like a solid or even a star pass rusher for us, feels like he would have seen something by now, you know? Yeah. And you and see a little bit. It, it, ah, I, you're going to hate this. You're going to hate what I'm about to say. Okay. okay. This feels kind of similar to Clyde Edwards and Laird. Where, like, his rookie mm-hmm. year, it was like, man, I feel like we should have seen something by now. I know he's a rookie. Um, and the, there's, you know, a game or two where, like, yeah, maybe I'll do a little something. But it's just, like, it's just not nearly enough to where even if he improved a lot, you're starting to feel kind of concerned. It feels like at this point he's gonna to have to make a massive year two okay. jump to justify his draft position. Yeah. Cause I don't think it's gonna happen this year. Honestly. Yeah. Um, okay. Take number three. Uh, Carlos Dunlap, I love the, the play he blew up on fourth down. It's one of my favorite plays of the year. Uh, other than that, I don't know, man. I think he's, like, like you said, he is what we thought he was. He's cold. he's kind of washed. Uh, yeah, I view him a little bit differently from the guys we've been talking about because he's not hes not a guy that I had high expectations for. Uh, that one play he made today was incredible. Mm-hmm. And one of, the, like, one of the only plays from the defense that I was like, that was a good play. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, he, you know, he's not going to be, you know, your full-time star pass rusher. Like, he's just, he was never built like that. So... Mm-hmm. He, he gives us a little spark on the pass rush, but that's kind of all you can expect out of him. Mm-hmm. Um, any other takes on the pass rush? I got yeah, one for you. I'm not going to get number four. Then I'll let you have four. Go ahead. Mike Dana is not a starting defensive lineman. Yeah, he should not be. He's not starting caliber. I guess is my point. He is. He is a good story and a rotational piece and a depth piece. He should not be starting. Yeah. Um, or should not be seeing significant snaps. Again, it's like I don't. Is anyone really expecting them out of that? I mean, I don't mind him as like a rotational player occasionally, but uh, I don't know. I guess I guess the, the overarching point here, and you know, maybe we can go ahead and get your your take rolled in here too. But to me, it's like at the at the off season, at the start of the off season, Brett Beach said we're going to overhaul the offensive or the defensive line, and all that meant was drafting George Karlaftis, and yeah. nothing else has changed. Very little else changed. Um, what we did overhaul the, the off, the wide receiver room. That's great. I think that's net, like net positive, but the defensive line to me is the biggest liability. Uh, maybe our young secondary, but we'll get into that in a second. But what did you want to say about the pass um, rush? Okay. I'm, I'm of two minds about this. Mm-hmm. Let me start with the mind that's kind of, you know, mm, an unfiltered take. Mm-hmm. Chris Jones. Where were you at today? I didn't I like see you. There was exactly one play where he blew it up. Okay, that's that's true. 
that one one play that he stuffed, and that was that was an awesome play, by the way. Yeah, but I kept look, like like you, I kept looking for the Chris Jones take over the gameplay. Exactly, did not find it. I, I felt I kept waiting and waiting and waiting, and it never arrived. Now that being said, it cannot help for Chris Jones that he is about the only real pass rusher that we have on this team. Yeah. So I'm not going to I'm not going to lay too much blame at his feet. Yeah. Um, I I think having Having like significant pass rush aside from him would help him out tremendously. And we've seen from like games earlier this year, like what we did to Bosa, where if there's just one star pass rusher, you can you can game plan around him. I think that's what happened to him today. Okay. So I'm not gonna get the nines out too hard for him or anything. Um but yeah, I today yeah, that, that's been his whole career though. His whole career with the Chiefs, it's been well, we need to get some some more defensive linemen in there, we need yeah. some better pass rush so they're yeah. complement Chris Jones. Really ever since it was really ever since uh, Justin Houston and D Ford. Mm-hmm. We we cut those guys, went to another direction, and then we have not found our pass rush since. That was that was the one redeeming factor about that Bob Sutton 2018 defense was it had a pass rush. It didn't have anything else, but it had a pass rush. Yeah, and we have not found it since. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that yeah, that is frustrating. Um, on a larger scope, I. My biggest worry about today, because this is not a game that really killed us too hard in terms of like, you know, season projection. Like we're still, we're still going to win this division. We're still going to have a home playoff game. Um, we're still in contention for the one seed. We don't have it right now. The Bills have kind of taken that back, but um, we we can maybe get it back. Yeah. So the the long term projection for the Chiefs is still bright, positive. I think. My concern is. Feel like today we might have seen what 2022 Chiefs ceiling is yeah. with this pass rush because that a pass rush like that you're not going to go very far in the playoffs with that pass rush. That was to me part of the problem. The other part of the problem was the young secondary. I felt like the young secondary got exposed today. They played like a young team today. Yeah, like like I mean, go get me wrong, Jamar. Jamar Chase and T. Higgins, that's probably one of the best one-two punches in the league. Yeah. It's good. Um, so it's to be expected, I guess, but I think sometimes we forget, like, this is on, especially on the defense side of the ball, a very young team. And today they played like it. And, and, and you know, that was like everyone, everyone circled this on their calendar, you know, like, and this is the, the primary offseason challenge. It's, it's very disappointing that they, Gave this kind of effort and this kind of result with with the game of the year in their mind, you know, like mm-hmm. this was supposed to be the one you got serious about. But for Joshua Williams and Jalen Watson and Justin Reed and Brian Cook and Leo Chanel and George Karlaftis and anyone else who came over in the offseason, they don't have that history. This isn't like you know, this this is the first time they lost to the Bengals. So I think they probably didn't get quite as up for it as the rest of the team. Uh, maybe I don't. I don't know if that was necessarily the case. Um, might I present an alternative view? Yes. On the performance of the Chiefs secondary today. Yeah. Would you like to guess how many of the receivers had 100 plus yards? None. Zero. Yeah. I'm. I'd probably take that. You know. And it's not like they really spread around that well. Like T. Higgins, he was three for 35 today. I'd probably take that. Jamar Chase, he was seven for 97. Ooh. Uh, not great, but again, you probably take that against one of the best wide receivers in the league. So, 
I, the tricky part is, as we all know, pass rush and secondary uh, defensive coverage are like very closely linked. Yeah. And they kind of work, you know, back and forth. They both need to succeed to look successful. I think the issue had more to do with the pass rush leading to the secondary getting exposed rather than the other way around. Uh, yeah, I think I'll say that if we had one of those units performing to a, a, a acceptable level, then we probably win the game. But they were both falling short. And I, th- I think the difference there to me, kind of like you mentioned, is this is a veteran pass rush group and a young secondary group. Yeah. And I would expect the veteran pass rush group to bring it and to get up for the game. And they didn't, or they can't. I don't know. You don't um, have to. There was some bad tackling in the day. Mm-hmm. No, yeah. And that's, that's one of those things that's always very hard to define. It feels like every time there's a loss, it feels like. Well, they just tackled better. You know, it kind of feels like the thing that you just, the, the very easy low hanging fruit of things to complain about. Yeah. Um, but it felt more noticeable today. And especially again, in a game that they should have been as keyed up for as possible, it, it felt concerning to me to see that amount of tackling effort put forth in a game that should have been like the most hyped up they were all year. Here, here's a question for you. Um, do you think the Chiefs are a physical team? No. 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 I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't see any way you can say that offense or defense. Yeah. It doesn't feel that way. They're a little more, they're a little more physical on the offensive side than they have been in past years. I'll say that. Yeah. Um, but no, on defense, it doesn't feel that way. Outside of like, I still feel like, I still feel like Nick Bolton, like, who bring the wood, even though he had a couple of, he had a couple of tackles that weren't quite his style today. If that makes sense. He didn't quite latch on to guys. Mm-hmm. Um, but no, the defense, Felt soft, particularly in the secondary, particularly at the safety position. Particularly Justin Reed, who um, maybe needs, needs to keep his mouth shut and his head down. And yeah. His place in the team. Let's just go ahead and uh, not put a limit on trash shocking going forward. A uh, moratorium. I gotta admit, I think that guy like stumbled his way into trash talk. He wasn't really yeah. looking to. He just kind of like. It was the most like unintentional <laughs> trash talk of all time. Like, he looks back and he's like, oh, crap. I feel like 65% of it was he could not think of the guy's name and just <laughs> panicked. You know? I mean, we've all been there where you yeah. just kind of you screw up something in like a social interaction and it gets awkward and you just panic. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that's kind of where he was at. But yeah, he did not have a very good game. Um, I don't know. It, it feels like every year and pretty much always the Chiefs fans need at least one member of the secondary to hate on. It feels like this game might have been a coming out party for Justin Reed in terms of a, a, a player that the Chief, the Chiefs fan paid on. Yeah, but there's not like a member of the secondary I would be like, yes, this is okay, except for Snead, probably. Okay, let's let's put it this way: the safeties. I cannot name you a Chief safety that I'm like, yes, this is a good player who we can build around going forward. That's really a, a split to me. Is I thought the safeties did not play very good today in terms of coverage or tackling. I've been more happy with our corners basically throughout the year, um, McDuffie and Snead especially. Yeah, those those two are solid starters going forward. I feel like Watson and Williams, those are good depth pieces in yes. three and four corners. We're, we're going to be okay. They they probably didn't show great today. Like, Williams got exposed by Jamar Chase, but it's Jamar Chase. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. I feel good about their growth over the long term. The safety group, Thornhill's got to be on, like, his rookie contract's just about done. Um... Justin Reed we just brought in at a pretty good contract. So Is it? Is it though? He got paid like 
quality starter level. Okay. If I remember correctly. Is he a quality starter? He is a starter. I think that's a question right now. Yeah. Okay. Um, we didn't, we didn't stop the run very good today either. Not great. And they didn't have Joe Wixon in there. It was, no. It was one of the Pirines. No, P. Ryan, he's, he's a very solid back. I don't think it's a huge step down from mixing the P. Ryan. No. Um, but 21 carries and averaging five yards a carry, that's not a very good performance. Um, no, it was scrambled quite a bit. And it felt like our, our third down defense was particularly bad. I felt like. Yeah. It felt like every, every third down, we were tackling them just beyond the yard, you know, the yard yeah. of the game. I feel like if we met them with physicality, like at the catch point or whatever, then we would have stopped them. But no, yes. they, they stuck out just so enough yards. They were always getting like exactly one more yard than they needed. And that was very frustrating throughout the whole game. And it felt like we were very rarely ever getting them to third down. And third and long was exceedingly rare throughout the game. Yeah. Um, so just a complete flip from, you know, the previous games. If you look at the box score, you would think that this game was very similar to the other games. It didn't feel that way to me at all. No, this one felt different. It felt like we did a much better job today of limiting the big play for the Bengals, but their ordinary play-to-play offense just beat us. And that was my big criticism of the Bengals. So this is, again, going back to how I feel differently about the Bengals this year. I don't feel like they are reliant on the big play in the same way they were in previous years. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is concerning for me. Um, now that said, they played the Chiefs well, but I don't think the Bengals have been as good on the whole this year. Yeah. It's what, is it a matchup It's issue? so infuriating. This team got blown out by the Browns like a month ago. Yeah. Why do we never play a team when they play poorly? Every single team we play, it's like the best game of the year. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's the price you pay of being great, I suppose. But yeah, that is infuriating. And also, every team gets healthy right before we play them. Well, that's true. It tends to be true. It's like every star wide receiver becomes available right when it's time for the Chiefs to play. Yeah. I don't know, man. Were there any bright spots you could point out today? Uh, Pacheco. I thought he ran well. Yeah. I thought he was good. I thought McKinnon had some... I thought he had some really good runs as well. And also, the defense had a couple of clutch stops. Okay, they had precisely two, like a couple. Yeah. And every other drive ended in points. Yeah. So I'll I'll take them, but it's not it's not enough to get it done. Um, maybe this is being a little bit a little greedy, but does it feel like the Chiefs' defense isn't forcing enough turnovers? Yes. Yeah. I think it does. Mean. Now you know me. I'm a big I'm a big proponent of turnovers are like. Seventy-five percent luck. Yeah. Um. So I don't. There's not really that many turnovers you can force. I think we don't really have like ball hawking secondary players. Oh, Sneeds. I think we're just not kind of. Yeah, I know, but we don't really have like a Marcus Peter type that's gonna like gamble. On oh, that's true. That's true. Uh. So I. That doesn't really concern me that much. Um, defenses that are really good that are highly reliant on turnovers are very often whenever they play a good offense, it doesn't turn the ball over. Sometimes they just get rolled. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't really like playing that way to begin with. Um, but yeah, it does feel like we've not had very many turnovers that, or not many turnovers that defense force. Right. That's concerning to me. It's a little concerning to me. 
Um, I'm more concerned about the offensive turnovers. So it hasn't been a ton, but I saw like some stat today that's like seven games in a row we've had one. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of them have government games that were not close. It doesn't really matter, but it's a little concerning. Yeah. Again, it's not, it hasn't really been a huge problem this year. But gosh, when that, when that fumble happened, it just killed us. And I know I'm kind of going in cycles, in circles yeah. here, but. Very poorly timed, for sure. Um, I don't think it's like, our turnover issues are not as bad as last year, where we just kind of gave them out like candy. Oh, nowhere near as bad, yeah. Um, but it's still, it's still there. Um, so maybe we, we zoom out to the macro a minute, you know. We are tied for the one seed, which means we are not the one seed because the Bills beat us head to head. Yeah. Do you know the Bills remaining schedule? I mean, I can pull it up real quick. Yeah, let's take a look at that. Because it's not beyond the realm of possibility for me. For one, as long as the Chiefs take care of business against the Seahawks, I think we're going to win out. I think that's true. Because if you look at our five remaining games, um, three of them are against teams that are just completely dead in the water um, and have no life. The Texans and two against the Broncos. Mm-hmm. Those should all be three pushovers, not even close. Uh, one against the Raiders, which is the last game, which depending on our like situation, we may be starting people who may not. Also, they get a little feisty sometimes. They get a little feisty against sometimes. Against us, and they, they've kind of shown signs of life. They beat the Chargers today. Did they really? They did. Wow. Yeah. That's why, like, it, it sucked that we lost, but in terms of the division, we became even more certain that we were going to win after the Sunday. The Chargers lost. The Dolphins lost today. Dolphins lost today, yeah. The Ravens lost today. No, wait, Ravens yeah. won, but they, they, they should have. The Ravens won, but they the lost, they lost real, Lamar. Real bad. So, yeah, they um, didn't lose Lamar, though. Yeah. We don't know how long. And I don't think the Bengals are going to be pushing us for the, the no, one seed, but it's like it's us and the Bills for the one seed the rest of the year. The, the Bengals have their one game behind us in terms of the loss record, and they mm-hmm. have the tiebreaker now. And if Lamar's out for a couple of weeks, which it sounds like he might be, the Bengals have a better shot to win that division than the Ravens do, which means that really the Bengals are almost as big of issue for the one seed, or as big of competition for the one seed as the so what the Bills. What's are. the Bills' remaining schedule? Um, <clears throat> okay, Bills have Jets, which could get feisty occasionally. The Jets, I'm gonna, I'm going to say it. The Jets are pretty good. Weird, true. They got Mike right now. Yeah. Um, okay. Dolphins. I know they lost today in pretty bad fashion, but they're a good team. They beat them earlier, right? Yes. That was, that was the butt punt yeah. game. Yeah. Uh, Bears, they should win that one. And then the Bengals. Oh my gosh, yes. So That's actually, it's beautiful that those two teams play each other late in the season. It works out well for us. And then Patriots, which I think will dominate the Patriots. So the, the Bills remain scheduled pretty tough. The actually. chances of the Bills dropping one more game for the rest of the year are pretty high. Oh, yeah. I'd say it's higher than the Chiefs dropping another game. Yes, I, I agree. We have a much better chance of winning out. Now, let, let me let me say, I don't think it's like if the Chiefs don't get the one seed, then they're screwed. I don't think that either. Because I don't think the Chiefs, I mean, with all respect to Arrowhead crowd, I don't think the, the home field advantage is that important for the Chiefs. I don't think so. I think it seems like we play better on the road anyways. Here, here's my concern about the playoffs, given results to date. Go ahead. Lost to the Colts, which was stupid. Mm-hmm. We lost to the Bills and the Bengals. Yeah. Do you know who I think the other two top three teams in the AFC are? The Bills and the Bengals. Yes. So we're going to have to make it past one or both of those teams in the playoffs. Yeah. And we haven't done it this season. 
If I may provide, I, I completely agree. If I may provide a counterpoint. Those were both really close games. They were. It came down to like the final minutes. And I believe we lost the turnover battle in both of those games. So I don't, it, it is tough because I'm very much up in my feels tonight mm-hmm. in terms of my Chiefs despair. Um, but I think I also know that I should not be too concerned and that like, I don't think the Chiefs are worse than either of those teams. Right. But if we play them in the playoffs, you know, like right now, I feel like it's like 51, 49% chance of us winning. Yeah. I think it is. The margins so, are very thin. And that's, that's kind of why, like, to me, like we talked about the Travis Kelsey fumble, to me, if that doesn't happen, I think we actually win this game because the margins are that close. Yeah. Um, and you can make maybe the same case about the Bills game. Um, but it is concerning that we've lost to the two other premier teams in the, in the AFC that we played. Um, completely forgot where I was going, but. Uh, something we haven't talked about in this game. We've talked about like the end of the game, but we haven't talked about the beginning of the game. The Chiefs came out and looked real bad for the first quarter. Isn't that every game now? It feels that way. What, what's going on there? One of the weirdest things is I saw a little stat pop up during the broadcast today. Um, it, it showed like um, first drive, the number of first uh, drives of the game that went for a touchdown. And in 2021, it was like 11 or something crazy like that. And this year, it was like two. So it was like we, our opening drives this year have been bad. I don't know why, um, but they were really good last year. But I feel like the offense overall is better. So I don't know. It's just a weird. Weird statistical thing. It does feel like we come out flat nearly every week now, regardless yeah. of the opponent. And that's what's so concerning is like if, if there was ever a team that you should not have come out flat against, it's this one mm-hmm. in their stadium. Yeah. So what happened? <laughs> no idea. Um, I still feel like that like the youth of this team probably came out a little bit. Um, yeah. And. I don't know. <laughs> to me, like we talked about like the difference between like the the Broncos and the Raiders rivalry, right? Where it's like the Broncos is like this is a, a respectful rivalry. We we both are good teams that play each other occasionally and the Raiders is like I hate this guy. Um in order to be a rivalry, you have to occasionally beat the other team. And so far the Chiefs haven't beat the Bengals. I don't think in the entire Joe Burrow era. Yeah, now, so, I mean, the entire Joe Burrow era was just three games. Yeah. It's three games over two years. Um, so to me, that is not, I know it's going to be a big narrative and like all the talking heads are going to talk about it. That's not really like a huge yeah. point to me. Cause three games is just not like a statistical set, you know? Can I, yeah, can I, can I say real quickly? Um, I know people talk about the, you know, like, oh, if, if Patrick Mahomes does that, the media goes crazy. You know, and the media does love the Chiefs to an extent. I've never seen like the the like narratives just gather to Joe Burrow like moths to a flame. It's yes. crazy. Yeah, I think it's because like his time at LSU. His time at LSU, he garnered a lot of sympathy, sympathy points whenever the Bengals terrible offensive line destroyed his knee. Yeah, but man, um, I just like like middle aged sports artists love that guy. Yeah, so much. Yeah, I think he's like a bit of a throwback. You know, to like your, a bit. your unflappable pocket quarterbacks of the past. Pocket passer. Yeah. Pure pocket passer. Well, I mean, he can move around a little bit. A little but he's bit. not, he's not dual threat, you know? No, definitely not. 
Um, and he's got a little, he's got just a, and I, I'm rolling my eyes so hard right now, you can't see, but he's got a little bit of like the Tom Brady, Joe Montana, just like ice blood and ice blood, ice water in his veins, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. That's part of the, the mismatch that I was talking about earlier with the Chiefs is the Chiefs, like their pass rush is like so heavily dependent on blitzing cornerbacks yeah. and safeties and linebackers. Um, and Joe Burrow against the Blitz, he's just wiped out against it. So that's yet another bad matchup for us against the Bengals. Yeah. Um, would you, would you feel good about facing this team in the playoffs? No, no. I wouldn't either. No, there's, a, there's some bad juju there. I don't understand it. Yeah. But I don't want to play the Bengals. Yeah. I, I really would like them to get knocked off by somebody before we have to play them. And I think that's possible because Again, if you zoom out in their entire season, they're not dominant. No. They no. just got the Chiefs number. And, and, and to me, that's like, like, this is, sometimes it's nice to have in the middle of the season, uh, an idea of where you are. And to me, this is like a measuring stick game for the Chiefs to say, you're not there. You're, you're not it. You know, you, mm-hmm. you have not done enough to beat the Bengals. I think that's, that's pretty clear now for the Chiefs. Hopefully this is some motivation because we've got a lot of work to do over the next six, seven weeks before the playoffs. Yeah. On the one hand, it sucks that like this is kind of the last like true test game that we have. Yeah. Uh, the Seahawks game, that would be a bit of a test because they're, they're fairly good as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but this was like really the last difficult game that we would, would have that, um, pretty close, I think. Um, it sucks to come up short in that. But on the flip side, it's almost good to lose a game at this point in the season because now we're not just like – because we're going to play some complete pushovers here in the next month or two. We're not going to just be kind of resting on our laurels after beating those teams. I think we're going to be like I, – I would hope that this is a game where it really makes them look at – take a look, deep look in the mirror and say, like, what is wrong? What do we need to fix yeah. to win we, in the playoffs? We need to come out and wreck some fools over the next five weeks, honestly. Yeah, um, we. It would be nice. It's not going to happen because Andrew hates doing that. But I know it would be nice. Right. We're going to win like seventeen to ten against the Broncos. I just like feel that happening already. <laughs> I think like if the Chiefs had beat the Bengals, then they were in the catbird seat for the one seed the rest of the season. So we we would control our yeah. destiny. Now we're basically waiting for the Bills to screw up. Yeah, which can happen. The one seed still in play. Yeah, I would but, be surprised if the Bills don't drop a game or two mm-hmm. uh, in the following weeks. So I think if we if we win out, I think we still have a very solid chance of getting the number one seed. And I, I think that's honestly about as likely as us dropping a game. Yeah, the Seahawks game I think will be fairly close, and the, all the rest of them should be pretty heavy favorites, especially in those three. So again, it's so weird because I, I feel bad right now. I feel very down on the Chiefs, but that's where my heart's at. But my head knows we're still in a fairly good spot. Mm-hmm. Are you in a, are you in a similar conundrum? I think so. Um, I, I said this would be a good week to unsubscribe from the rest of the NFL coverage just because the narrative machine is going to be yeah so annoying this week. And I'm not even going to like the sign of it. I'm not going to hate the side as much that's critical of the Chiefs because there's definitely some yeah. misses in our game that are fair and valid points. 
What's going to absolutely drive me nuts and make me pull my hair out is the the Joe Burrow love fest that's about to take place. Yeah. It's going to make me just hate everything. It's going to make me want to kick a puppy. And I love puppies. I think we're looking at very much the next five to eight seasons in the NFL, which is going to be the Chiefs and Bengals and Chiefs and Bills. Where the Chiefs and Bengals, Chiefs and Bills, that's the, the respectful rivalry. And the Chiefs and Bengals is I hate those guys rivalry. Yeah. That, that's going to be good. Now, did, really you say, good. did you say five years? Five to eight. Okay. Because I don't think the Bengals are built to be that good that long. That's fair. I, actually, I think they're a team that had their kind of stumbled their way backwards into a bunch of very talented players. I think they're going to fall off quicker than you think. I see, but I think that's the Bills too. I don't think the Bills are actually a oh. good team. All right. I respect the Bengals a little bit more this year than I did last year, like I said earlier. Yeah. But I still think the fundamentals and coaching staff of the Bills is on a different level than the Bengals. That's fair. I do not. Okay, let's let's, let's talk about different components here. I think the Bengals coach is okay. I think the Bills coach is good. Yeah. I think Josh Allen is a very good quarterback. I think Joe Burrow is a good quarterback. I actually like I like Josh Allen better than Joe Burrow. I yeah, I do too. Actually, you know what? They're very different. Because Josh Allen is just an athletic freak. They're extremely different players. Who sure. can make insane throws and can run over you like a bull moose. Mm. Joe Burrow is limited athletic. Like he can run some. He's got an okay arm, but he's just got that thing that makes for great quarterbacks. I don't understand it. Yeah. Well, got I it. mean, it's not that crazy. He, he navigates his pocket extremely well. He's got yeah. eyes in the back of his head when it comes yeah. to pressure. Yeah. And he's very accurate. So I don't know. I, I think I would give I would give the, the nod to Josh Allen right now, but they're both they're both good. Yeah. Uh, I don't I I don't know if either team is very well positioned to handle their quarterback being on a second contract. And having to manage roster construction in that environment. Wait, run that by me again? I don't think either team is very well positioned to handle their quarterback being on a second contract. Oh, and uh, paying like 40 million plus. I don't know. I, I think the Bills have shown that they are good at roster construction. So, I mean, yeah, I think they'll, yeah, they'll they haven't be, really had to deal with it yet. No, not yet. Um, and that's coming soon, just like it did for the Chiefs. Yeah. Um, the Bengals, uh, they feel like they could screw it up a lot worse. Oh, yeah. That's true. The, the Bengals are... They're punching above their weight right now. For sure. Um, I know not every not all NFL fans are like this, but I'm somebody that I enjoy reading against teams almost as much as I enjoy reading for teams. Um, I don't know what that says about me as a per- person. Uh, I don't feel like I'm that way in my personal life, but... Uh, yeah, I'm, the Bengals, they're going to be on my... Uh, they're going to be on my crosshairs. My crosshairs for a while now. Yeah, they have been already, but they are especially now. They've incurred the wrath of John. Yes, it's like them. Uh, who else? Yeah, it's mostly just them right now. Also, let's be honest; they were kind of douchey after this win. Like oh, they, yeah. were, they were, they were showing it. You know, yeah. they were they were feeling themselves. Well, Jamar Chase, he was making it rain after like what, eight catch. minutes of gameplay. Yeah. Like, that was interesting. Yeah. Um. So you know what? Just just go crazy, Bengals. Yeah, have fun right now. Might see you in the playoffs. Might beat you then. Yeah. Anyway, it's gonna happen one of these days, right? One of these days. Do you have any other thoughts on the rest of the NFL or any thoughts of the Bengals? Um, one one last thought on the Bengals is not a pleasant way to end. Um, 
But I said last week that something that really concerned me was when they played the Titans. Burrow only got sacked once. I think their offensive line is rounding into form. Mm. And that's very concerning to me because that was like their Achilles heel and like the weakness and kind of the reason I didn't like them was because of that. It feels like they're coming around. So I, you already kind of said it, but I really do think the AFC is now a three horse race between the Chiefs, the Bills and the Bengals. Feels like a pretty big drop between them and like the fourth best team, which is like Dolphins. Dolphins, yeah. Dolphins I guess are, Dolphins or Ravens? Dolphins, Ravens, even the Jets might be in that conversation. <laughs> no, I'm still not taking Jets. No, I won't do it, man. I will not take Jets seriously. I will not take. I will not take them seriously with Mike White uh, at quarterback. Okay, won't do it. He's limited as a quarterback. Yeah. Um, but that defense is really good. They didn't even play that great today, but I think they're pretty good. So, they're going to finish third in their division. Yeah, but they'll probably still, they'll probably still be a playoff team. Okay, okay, okay. But we're talking about the top of the AFC, not the mid of the AFC. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Um, the Ravens, is, and who knows what's up with him, because, you know, Lamar Jackson, he might be out for a few weeks or a few months. We really don't know. I don't think it's going to, like, season ending, so it's probably not months. Still, so, um... But yeah, the, the Bills and the Bengals, those are the teams that have me the most concerned. I would be 10 times more unhappy if the Bengals somehow made it to the Super Bowl again than I would if the Bills made it. I mean, one of those teams is due, honestly. I think we're due. This has been a whole year since we made it to the Super Bowl. That is too long. Yeah. Here's a question. Um, do you think Patrick Mahomes is still the prohibitive MVP? Um, I don't know about prohibitive. Also, like the way the MVP work, the, the way the MVP race works is like it's kind of what good quarterback had a good time, a good game in prime time most recently. That's true. Um, so that was never going to be like oh close case. Um, it was always going to be like there'll be a conversation at the end somehow. I still think he's going to build like the statistical case for MVP at the end of the year. Yeah, his numbers are kind of down the last two weeks though. So, like some other, like other. Quarterbacks might be. He's got, he's got five games to pad those stats. I know, but Andrea hates padding stats too. <laughs> so we will see. It would be nice. I, I don't care that much. Um, it does kind of feel like every year it's like, if anyone's, as long as no one had like a spectacular year, Mahomes is going to win it. So it's like as long as there's no like Lamar Jackson that comes out nowhere and just like lights the league up, it's probably going to be Mahomes. Did Aaron Rodgers win the last two years? Yeah. Well, that's not going to happen this year. Aaron Rodgers. That guy's annoying. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I have some more thoughts on the NFL. Large, if we want to do like the around the league now, or we can do a quick one. I mean, we like not all the games are finished yet. Are, are we going to record a game between now and the the Broncos game, or should we do a preview now? <laughs> the odds are not good. Not good? Yeah. Okay, well, we should, we should probably go ahead and do it now. we got time for it. Do you want to pull up our Broncos review? Uh, yes, I would love to. Hey, you want a, a Subway sandwich? And here's my signature sandwich. It's called the Danger Witch. And it's dangerously good. Be careful, though. It's spicy. You ever done anything dangerous? That is dangerous. I've done something like that too. 
one time. <laughs> Never mind, that's too dangerous. Anyways, my danger witch, it's only the bowl. That's our little secret. So that creepy voice you heard was Russell Wilson uh, from the Denver Broncos, uh, hawking Subway sandwiches. Uh, John, it is still my plan to, on Sunday, buy Danger Witches and eat them during the game. Uh, I would also like one if you can acquire one. If, we, if I can, you know, it sounds like it's kind of dangerous to acquire. I, I have been told it's spicy, though, so we might have to watch out. We've been warned. It's true. Yeah. So that was our preview of the Broncos. Uh, I got nothing more to say with the Broncos. I think they just suck real hard. Have you seen the ongoing um, Twitter thing that people are tracking of whether or not Russell Wilson will throw more touchdown passes than he has bathrooms in his house? Because he has 12. And let me tell you, at the start of the year, Broncos fans are feeling pretty confident about meeting that. But if you look at the arc over the season, it's going to be a close call at the end. What does someone do with 12 bathrooms in their house? I mean, you've got one for every, like, two weeks. One, one for every, one for every day, every two weeks. Um, but yeah, I think he's sitting at like seven passing touchdowns. Right Unless now. you regularly have like two hundred people in your house, you don't need twelve bathrooms. I don't know. I don't. I'm he not doesn't have that many kids, does he? Ooh, does he have any kids? I don't think he has any kids. Goodness. That's, I don't know. Oh. Okay. No, I, I'm I'm firmly on team bathroom here. I hope the bathrooms outnumber the oh, touchdowns. Yes. I also team bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's just so weird because like we looked at the schedule and thought, oh crap, we're gonna play the Broncos twice this year. You know, this is the best division ever. And now we're, we're sitting looking at, oh, we played the Broncos twice. Well, those are both pathetically easy wins. Yeah. Now they're what's so sad also is, or you know, great here she's saying their defense is really good, but their offense is so putrid. They would be like. Something like 11-1 or 12-1 this year if they had scored like 18 points every game. Yeah. I mean, it's it's bad. I wish the Broncos were a little bit better so that they would not get their coaching staff fired after one year. Well, you want but, more going on a running back? But that is Daniel Hill. 98% what's going to happen is that he's going to get turbo fired and they'll bring in maybe, maybe someone who can turn this around. I don't know. Like, like I said in previous podcasts, I don't think he can be turned around. Russ Wilson's there because he's going to want to run his version of the offense. Which might be what we're seeing right now. I don't know. What does uh, what does turbo fired mean? That, like, uh, he's like fired from like the twelfth floor high building. Yeah, it's it's fired plus defense rated. You know. <laughs> um. I, no, this is this is a fantastic situation because the Waltons who bought the Broncos hired neither the coach nor made the trade for the quarterback that is currently one of the worst in the league mm. and one of the worst teams in the league. So they've got to be looking at this and saying, well, what are we going to do about this? And, I mean, firing the coach is the easy one. Get that guy out of here. Like, no reason to keep him around. He's he's completely in over his head. Should never have been a head coach. The quarterback is hilarious because if it was a question of, can we pay $300 million to get rid of this quarterback, they would do it in a heartbeat. But they can't because of the salary cap. <laughs> because it's going to cost them, no matter what they do, it's going to take like a $50 million chunk out of their salary cap for each of the next five seasons. So it's it's one of those situations where it is really, honestly, no matter how bad he plays, worth waiting for the next three years to see if Russ Wilson can turn it around versus just cutting him. No, it's it's a bad situation they're in. It, it is, it's the kind of situation that you would actually wish upon your worst enemy 
which is why it's hilarious that it happened to the Broncos. Yeah. It's actually, it might be my favorite thing about the 2022 season so far. Yeah. Is how bad the Broncos are and how bad they will remain for years to come. It makes me deeply happy. I think the, the saddest part of all of this is part of the trade for getting Russell Wilson was sending Drew Locke to Seattle. I think they'd rather have Drew Locke right now. Really? Yeah. Um, now, now Drew Locke is sitting behind a... He could be worse. Suddenly ascendant Geno Smith. Yeah. Don't understand that. Either. Yeah. The fact that Geno outplayed Russell Wilson by was like a huge margin this year is one of just the weirdest things I've seen in the NFL. That is one of the weirder trades I've ever seen someone win. Yeah. And the, the Seahawks won the trade, no question. Yeah. No, it, it could be legitimately one of the worst trades in NFL history oh. if Russell Wilson doesn't get like a lot better in year two. It's beautiful. It really is. Yeah. I think it's, it's even better if they trade for Aaron Rodgers. Way better, actually. Because Aaron Rodgers might be good. Mm, yeah, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. He beat the Bears again because, I don't know, he can always do that. Yeah. So that's, that's our preview for next week. Any other thoughts for next week? No. Basically, uh, if you score 20 points, you will win. Yeah. And, and also, again, we cannot iterate enough. Be careful. It's spicy. It's spicy. It's spicy. Um, any other thoughts on the NFL? Uh, I could probably fire off some. It, it feels like, uh, I did, I've not seen this game. I didn't watch it because it was concurrent with the Chiefs game. Mm-hmm. Seemed like the Dolphins might have gotten exposed a little bit. Who did they lose to? 49ers. The 49ers who lost Jimmy Garoppolo. That's true. Um, I don't know. I, I have to dig into it. I, I feel like the, the Dolphins have been playing well, but it's kind of like you could see pretty clearly what would go wrong if they started to play poorly. That mostly starts at quarterback. Mm-hmm. So I'd like to see that, see what happened. You know, people have such a hard time defining Tua. I think I know who he is. Who is he? He's Jared Goff. Mm. When he's on a great offense with tremendous players and tremendous scheme, he's like an, he's an excellent executor. Mm-hmm. He's going to execute the play that you tell him to very well, which works really well in the Shanahan system that that, uh, coach McDaniel is running. Yeah. But if you ask him to do anything outside of that, it's going to go very poorly for you. Uh, people forget back in like 2018, Jared Goff was one of the main guys that was in like competition for Patrick Mahomes for MVP. That's people forget that. Just wild. Actually. I know. It was like, you know, serious self-respecting people were saying Jerry Goff should win the MVP. Um so I, I think that's what he is. Like he's going to execute the game plan very well. And if your game plan and your execute your um you know X's and O's are really good, he's gonna be just fine. Uh, but if you ask him to do anything beyond that, it's gonna not go very well for you. I think I haven't made this point earlier in the podcast, it's like in the Shanahan offense, it's about trying to protect your quarterback and keep him from like exposing the weaknesses or basically make scheming your way around a mediocre quarterback. Yeah. That's kind of the whole basis of that offense. Yeah. Which is funny because Mike Shanahan, who one would assume was kind of the progenitor of this entire system, played with John Elway, who, as much as I hate him, is one of the best quarterbacks of all time. Mm-hmm. Top 10. John El- no, John Elway is a top 10 quarterback. He was. Okay. The guy was good. I mean, I'll just have to take your word for it. I never saw him play. So. Yeah. Uh, horrible general manager. Yeah. Um, but. Well, I don't know. He, you know, he leaves for like one year and then they sign Russell Wilson and they get the Daniel He's really good at getting Peyton Manning to sign for three years. Maybe, maybe John was right. 
No, he also brought in like Brock Osweiler and oh, Axel Lind. I'm, I'm being okay. extremely facetious. Okay. Okay. Uh, but no, I think I think it's an excellent comparison. Um, probably worth more. It just, it just did not feel like the Dolphins could make that kind of jump in one year. No. I don't think anyone can upgrade their coaching and talent and everything that much in one year. I don't think their defense is that good either. Well, I don't know about that. I don't. Yeah. I think they're a good, not great team. Yeah. They'll probably make the playoffs. We might play them. I would like to play them. Beat them. Hmm. Um, I don't really want to play them. I'd rather play them than the, the Bills. I don't have any narratives around Tyreek. Um. You know, who, you know who I'd like for our first matchup if we didn't win the one seed? Uh, Ravens, Sands, Lamar Jackson. <clears throat> that would be fine. Yeah. Also the Jets. Even those would be fine. That'd be nice too. Yeah. I think we gotta get the one seed to beat the Jets. Well, if we got the one seed, we would be playing the wild card weekend at all. But mm-hmm. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what else you got the NFL at large? Uh, I mean, we mentioned it before kind of in our you know, disparaging part of the podcast, but the Chiefs have won the AFC West. It's over. Um, the, the Chiefs lost, which sucks, but the Chargers also lost. So their kind of amount of games to gain back on us are like even less. So basically, if we beat the Texans and beat split the Broncos and lost all of our other games, we still won the division. Which is almost impossible. Yeah. So we, we said, we announced it last week, but this week it's even you know, more impossible that the Chiefs would lose the division. So, congratulations on the seventh AFC West title. Is that, is that correct? It's hard to believe, but yeah. That's it's insane. It extends well into the Alex Smith era. Yeah. Crazy. So, yeah, there's some, something to be happy about on this day of, you know, mostly sadness. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's really, honestly, what you need from your team is to consistently make the playoffs. And the Chiefs have done that. You know, one seed versus three seed versus seven seed doesn't matter as much as just getting a competent roster to the playoffs. And that's what the Chiefs have done for a long time now. Yeah. And the way that the, the AFC playoff picture is shaking out this year, I really think getting the one seed would be very important, mostly because you wouldn't have to play a wildcard beacon. It's like an immediate win Yeah. in that sense. Um, seeds two through four, which one you get to those? Not really important in my yeah, opinion. I think you're right. Um, I, there's no chance they're going to get it four because the other one they have is the Titans, but I think they're two and a half games back. Mm-hmm. Um, we are in danger in three, though, because the Bengals, if they win the AFC North, they have the tiebreaker against us. So that's something to monitor. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, if there were any changes that the Chiefs could make going forward, do you have any suggestions for them? Oh, man. Um, uh, I think it's just a matter of like, I think we need the, the Tony Tooney power hour back. Like we need Joe Tooney and we need Darius Tony because we didn't, we didn't have the, the gadget scat back player. That's true. Yeah. Between Nicole Hardman and Kadarius Tony, we need one of those guys back. Yeah. And I honestly think that the, the Tooney being out was a bigger deal than we think it was. It, yeah, it might have been. So getting those guys back will make a major difference, I think. Getting healthy. Uh, on defense, man, no. The, the pass rush issue is when we got to address in the offseason. I think we tried, I think we tried really hard to address that at the trade deadline. 
and a deal just did not materialize. Mm-hmm. But that is when we've got to upgrade. I think we've, we've even got to do like the, the Brett Beach solve the problem with a sledgehammer kind of approach. Because the path, to me, like if it's your question of what is wrong with 2022 Chiefs, it's a glaring pass rush issue. It's when you've got to solve it in this offseason. Yeah. No, I, I completely agree. That's kind of what we thought going into the season. And I don't know. It's so strange. Again, like, I think just like a week ago, I saw some stuff on Twitter that we were like fourth in sacks. Um, so there were, there were signs that the pass rush was coming together, but I don't know. It, it's very disappointing and kind of, um, concerning whenever you go into a game like this where they just kind of no show. So beyond that, I think you just got to kind of count on the team between the young guys and the new guys we've added in the past offseason. You just got to count on them gelling the next five, six weeks. Yeah. And get ready for playoffs. We will see anything can happen come playoff time. Uh, maybe the Chiefs face the Bengals again. We'll get the turnover at the end of the game that changes yeah. it. Maybe we'll get a win. I will say I feel better about the Chiefs and their prospects after this podcast. Like maybe maybe the maybe the heart is down, but the head feels good, like you said. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was I was in a tough spot when we first lost. Um, I had to go sit up in my room and be mad and look at stats for a bit. Um, but I got that in my system. Like I've gotten all my complaints about the Chiefs out of my system on this podcast. Yep. Feel a little bit better. Uh, the Chiefs are still in very good position uh, down the home stretch of the games here. Um, but yeah, I think you kind of saw this team still has some weaknesses, maybe even a bit of a ceiling uh, with their pass rush issue. Yeah. But who knows? Uh, if there's one thing I've learned from watching the NFL is stuff changes all the time. All so time. we will see. We'll see. All right. Any other thoughts? I think that's all I got. Um, my last closing message for the Chiefs would be win the games that you should win from here on out, and we'll be fine. How about um, you should try hard at the start of the game? Yeah, that, that part would that be would nice be as well. Yeah. Maybe don't get down 10 like immediately. Is that physical we're, we're going to do right now? I don't understand where that's coming from. But, yeah. Yeah. No, I, I still feel good about the Chiefs as a franchise and even for this season. Uh, but not the most fun day to be a Chiefs fan. But, as they say, the worst day as a Chiefs fan is a lot better than the best days most other fans. Hmm. Keep it in perspective. Looking at you, Broncos. <laughs> Be careful, it's spicy. Go toilets. Go Chiefs. Thanks for listening to another episode of Chiefs Bros. Subscribe to the show on iTunes and follow us on Twitter at Chiefs Bros. We'll talk to you later.